Let me offer some words about the war in Ukraine, or as I prefer to name it, the war for Ukraine. It is, of course, a battle to save Ukraine from Russia to Russian tyranny. And we should and must be able to say such things loudly and clearly, most especially in our synagogue sanctuary. In this place, we strive to offer clarity about the moral questions of the day. And in this war, there is clearly a right and a wrong. There is most certainly good and evil. And President Zelensky and the citizens of Ukraine stand on the side of good. And there should be no doubt which side we must stand with, and for that matter, which side we must stand against. I do not pretend to know how best to end this war or how we and other democratic nations can rescue Ukraine, save its democracy, and aid its citizens, but I am certain about the moral question. So let our vision remain undimmed and our voices remain strong and forthright in saying, we stand with Ukraine and its citizens. Support those charities that are on the ground there. Offer assistance to the growing number of Ukrainian refugees. As of this morning, I read it was a million souls running for their lives. I fear that this number will only grow. Do not discount the meaning of our words of support. The statements of ordinary Americans are heard by ordinary Ukrainians, and their spirits are lifted by our words, but they need more. And so if you believe as I do, the United States should be doing more and should be far more actively engaged in helping to defend Ukraine, then make your voices heard and contact our elected officials. Loudly proclaim, God bless the people of Ukraine. To be honest, I am nervous about what might happen next. It was not too long ago that Europe was the site of world wars and massacres. I had thought, as many people had, that we had moved beyond those times. Putin wishes to pull the world back to the days of conquest and might, as opposed to yesterday's peace and prosperity, laud, laws, and agreed-to borders. I pray that this war might end soon. I pray that peace might find its way to Ukraine's borders and most especially its cities and towns. May its citizens once again enjoy the wonders of their fledgling democracy and yes, even the challenges of democracy. I worry that once again we might confuse appeasement with peace, that Putin and his Russian army may be allowed to continue to menace Europe and the world. And so again and again I say, God bless Ukraine and its citizens. When I am nervous, when my heart is frightened and my soul especially agitated, I seek rescue in the words of the Torah. 
And so I offer the following teaching as a healing balm. It is said of the great, century, the great second century sage Rabbi Akiva that he could derive lessons from the untranslatable Hebrew et that precedes a sentence's direct object, or that he could even spin stories upon the calligraphied crowns affixed atop other letters. It is said as well that he could derive sermons from an unexpected Hebrew letter. This week's portion concludes with the words, Vayachal Moshe, when Moses finished the work of the Mishkan of the tabernacle. The creation story concludes similarly, Vayachulu HaShamayim, the heaven and the earth were finished. In both instances, the same Hebrew verb is used, yet in the creation account, the plural form is used, while in this week's portion, it is in the singular. In Genesis, again, it is the passive voice, and in, here in Exodus, the active. The differences are but found in one Hebrew letter, the Vav. This letter is present in Genesis, but not in this week's chapter of Exodus. Is there meaning to be discerned from even the smallest of differences? This week, in this week's portion, we see that human beings are the authors of creation. It is Moses and the Israelites who construct the Mishkan, the tabernacle, and all its furnishings. And the Torah lavishes many chapters on this construction project. By contrast, God created the world in six days, the details of which are but contained in one single chapter. The similar verb draws these two acts together. Yet the creations made by humans differ from God's. Only God's contain the fullness of the vav and what the vav represents. For human beings, creating requires great effort and often sacrifices. We expend enormous energy to create. Yet sometimes I think that many of our creations are mere repackaging of old ideas. How many new ideas and new creations have we truly fashioned? Is the iPhone 13 really new? Its advertisers and my seventh graders would have you believe that it is. The iPhone does, of course, offer many wonderful conveniences, but is it truly a new creation? Is the iPad new? Is the car, for that matter? Such technological marvels certainly make our lives more convenient and perhaps even fun, but I believe that a creation must serve a higher cause and purpose. Is the synagogue a new creation? Is this synagogue something altogether new? The modern university, the thriving democracies of the United States and the state of Israel, the struggling one of Ukraine, are these new? Perhaps these are indeed novel, and as we have seen, their creations must be guarded and protected. But I believe that a new creation must change the way we think, or it must alter the way we act. It must make us better. It must make the world more holy. Such are my criteria. Such are my goals. 
God creates by uttering a single word. And a single additional letter suggests the majesty of God's creations. Nature will soon reveal the grandeur of God's creation when spring flowers again bloom. We may plant those flowers, but God makes them bloom. For human beings to create is to imitate the divine. This is why the building of the tabernacle is connected to the creation of the world. And so as much as we create, and as many things as we create, they are only glimmers of God's first creation. What we make are only glimpses of the eternal. Albert Einstein once said, I only trace the lines that flow from God. By the way, I believe he also said, I thought of that while riding a bicycle. He was a great bicyclist. And thus, every creative act is indeed a repackaging. Every such act merely traces the arc of the world's creation and of God's handiwork. And all of this can be found in one single Hebrew letter. One letter can tip the balance between the divine and human. How precarious the world indeed is. It can tip toward war, or we, we can tip it toward democracy and peace.